Hey, Aaron. Hey, what's up, Michael? Uh, not much. Oh, this is not two dudes. I don't need the intro like that. Wait. No, uh, this is... <laughs> what is this? This is our Bit Brothers monthly roundup, or semi-annual roundup, as it's uh, yeah. kind of happened. We'll put huge, gigantic quotations around monthly there. Yeah. Um, you know, if you count a month as every three or four months, we are killing it. That's right. <laughs> uh, so, I think it's just the two of us tonight, unless... Uh, Nick shows up, Justin is camping, which, um, if you ask me, camping with, he's got three kids, I think, uh, that just sounds yeah. like a nightmare. Oh, that sounds like, yeah, especially, uh, in, unless you have a cabin, that's gonna be fun. See, I don't mind, uh, setting up a tent, uh, you know, like, setting up, like, a, a fake fort in the den, <laughs> or even putting the tent in there, but... I don't know, man. I, I've taken my son camping before. I think one kid is fine and manageable. I don't know about multiple kids. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and he's got, like, some of his kids are young. I guess if they're older and they can kind of help, that's not a big deal, right? Because, you know, I don't know how your older kids are. He's got one that's probably 11. She can probably yeah, help out got, a little bit. Yeah, I've got one that's 12. Uh, daughter's 12 and a son who is 10 and then another daughter who is 7. Okay, so camping may not be too bad once they get to that age, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, any younger than that, then you want to kind of do one-on-one if you can help it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm thinking uh, camping with, like, I've got got a two-year-old, and that just sounds like there's no way. You can't do that. Mm, Wait wait till he's, uh, yeah, maybe about five and can help you with little things. Uh, Then that's... I mean, that's where you want to go and they can help you with little things. And then if you can be by campgrounds that have an actual restroom, that's ah, really yes. helpful too. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of, you don't want them sitting on a bucket, pooping in the ground, right? No. Or you have to be responsible with, okay, where am I going to put this diaper? Hopefully uh, if they're five, they're hopefully out of those by then. <laughs> well, we'll see. I haven't got him out of it yet. He's almost two. This month on the diaper cast. Yeah. Wow. This, uh, this podcast really getting off the rails fast. So I know. here's, here's my thoughts. Um, we're recording this slightly after E3 and way yeah. after the Mortal Kombat movie came out. <laughs> Although the original plan was to do the Mortal Kombat movie. Um, uh, we've wasted a lot of time. So I, I still think we should do it, but let's, um, yes. so we got to, we got the free feed here. And then we've got, uh, you know, obviously our Patreon feed. I say let's do some E3. Yeah. E3, E3 may bleed over into the Patreon. I don't know. But then for Patreon, let's let's do more combat. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's a plan. Sweet. So, did you watch any E3? Do you know anything about what happened at E3? Uh, I did a lot of reading and then following things on Twitter. Much more so than watching any full presentations i would say if game companies posted clips of things i caught them um i caught a few things like uh i caught that outer worlds 2 trailer which i thought was hilarious that was was kind of a kind of a parody of big game and movie trailers where they they kind of break the fourth wall and the the announcer you just have to see it but Basically, he's he's just sitting there um, making fun of game trailers and uh, that funny noise that 
you know, big epic games and movies make that bramf, that, uh, yeah. <laughs> that orchestral swell or that, that loud noise when they want to make something very dramatic. So the, 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 uh, the guy narrating is just like, and now here's some spaceships flying over a planet for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is really funny. I like how he, I like how he caps it off with, and now the logo, because that is all the developers have right now or something like that. Yes. It's basically they basically like they made of fun of they made fun of all of the other probably most of the other gameplay uh, or not gameplay but all all the other game uh, trailers at the at the conference yeah, all right? the triple A the tri- triple A games uh, and what's really interesting is that now Obsidian has the backing of a major studio a uh, major company since Microsoft basically owns them now. And so I think that game is going to be, I don't know if it's a timed exclusive, but for now, I think it's going to be an exclusive to, uh, Microsoft. Probably. Right. Yeah. So let's go. Uh, I think, by the way, outer world's the first one. I recommend anybody play that, especially if you're a fan of, of fallout or mass and new Vegas. Yes, yeah. especially Fallout New Vegas or Mass Effect, because it's kind of got that a little bit of a Mass Effect feel to it too, um, in a, in a roundabout way. Because like the way you have to, you, you can do like missions for your team, your teammates. You know, it's kind of like in Mass Effect too. You do you do oh, yeah. missions. Loyalty, yeah, loyalty you do stuff. Like, yeah, you do that in in Outer Worlds too. So it's funny. Uh, it's funny you. Uh, hopefully, not too much of a tangent, but it's funny you mentioned that because I've been on kind of a Bioware kick. I uh, I bought that Mass Effect Legendary Collection, which came out after we recorded the last show. I want to say here, yeah. so I picked that up for for PS4. Been replaying that, and uh, you know, dusting off the janky old Mass Effect One. <laughs> Still enjoying it though. How how does it uh, hold up? I would say story wise, it holds up, and lore wise, it ho- holds up amazingly well. But. Um, I think they should have redone that combat system from the ground up because they should have put it, the combat system from two or three into one, right? Yeah, they absolutely should have because what you're dealing with is the a combat system from a game from 2007, 2008. So it's like they just, you know, it's a cover based shooter where they were just learning the lessons from games like I think Resident Evil 4 and maybe the first Gears of War. Um, I think those were kind of the contemporaries around that time. And so, yeah, I, I feel like that engine needed more time in the oven and that's how we got mass effect too. Like it was Bioware is like, Oh, we really need to work on this. But I would say if you have nostalgia for one, it's easy to go back. But if you're just going in blind, the, the, the jank is real and you might go, Oh man, why am I playing this? Um, but the story will probably suck you in. It's still got really compelling characters. The voice acting from the first game is just as phenomenal as uh, the sequels or pretty much any game that's come out after that. Uh, it really set the bar. So there's still some really inspired locations and, and set pieces, but everything is just more polished in two and three. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was, the, I was the only other. Yeah. Yeah. I was just gonna say I, I I was a huge Mass Effect fan. I'm just a, and I've thought about getting the uh, the remake or whatever or the collection. I'm just worried that it'll like my opinion on it is so high. I'm it's so highly regarded that it, going back to it, I feel like I would 
Yeah, you know what I mean. You know what I'm trying to say. It's like I, I don't want to mess up my love for the game by going back to it. That's so true. That I mean, that can happen. Uh, where it's like I have these good memories of this thing. I will say the one thing I've never been able to do is do a renegade playthrough of that game. <laughs> oh, really? Every time I restart it, I a true paragon. I just I just go for those. Uh, I just want to do those positive choices. I want a positive effect on the galaxy. I don't want to be a jerk. I'll watch YouTube and I'll watch other people be jerks and it's hilarious, but like yeah. I can, I can't role play as a jerk. It's really hard. <laughs> I understand. I, uh, so I did it. Uh, this is, it's kind of funny when I played it, I, I didn't play one. I played the first one once. Right. Right. Cause I had trouble going back to the first, I love the story in the first one, but I had trouble going back to the gameplay. Even, even it back, has a slow even back start. Then. Yeah. Yeah. It has a slow so, start. But I played two and three on the PlayStation three. And so the PlayStation version of two gave you that comic book that you could kind of create your character or what the events of the first one, you know, right in, in, in two. So I, I actually played the game about at least twice. Maybe. And I started a third playthrough. So I did a Paragon and I did a Renegade. Uh, I did a Paragon as myself. Like I created a character that was me. Right. But yeah. then as I don't know, halfway to be funny and halfway, uh, just to have another playthrough, I made a female character that was a renegade. It was my wife, <laughs> and I played through. <laughs> I played through, and made her, made her a jerk. And I always thought that was funny. I think uh, Jennifer Hale, who does the voice acting for Commander Shepard, the Fem Shep, uh, she did a phenomenal job. Uh, oh yeah, she really sells those lines, especially the renegade uh, lines. Uh, I'll just, I'll watch that. I've watched that before, and it's just like. Oh, some sick burns in there. Uh, and then someone did like a super clip of every time Commander Shepard just goes, I should go. I should go. I should go. Anytime you leave a conversation, it's like, I should go. Yeah, All right. That's funny. Hey, so, so, um, so I was, I was really, I was deep into the lower back then too. And yes. um, so I'm wondering, so the, obviously Andromeda is getting dropped, right? They're, they're almost going to have to just pretend like that never even happened because that game was so terrible. Uh, I mean, it's but, like Nintendo with the Wii U. That's they're just dropping in like a bad habit. So, what do you <laughs> what do you think they could do to to revitalize the series? Do they go back to the kind of the storyline from one through three? Because the, the well, because the way they ended three, call? the way they ended. The way they ended three, they can't really do much there. Although I was, I was all in on indoctrination theory. I'm just going to out myself. I was in. I thought, I thought that this is genius. Uh, it's got to be indoctrination theory. Of course, it wasn't true, but uh, no. it's just a crazy fan theory. But I, I was all in. I thought that was amazing. That, so that's my ending. I still believe in that. But uh, oh, do you, you think, think that what, it's it's all a dream? Was that the is that what no. the indoctrination is, or is it no. slightly like that? Oh. Uh, we, there's no way we have time to get into the indoctrination no, that's theory. Okay. We don't have to turn into to, We can take that off air. But uh, I am curious to know your thoughts on that theory because I had my my own theories too. But it's been a while since I, I played through through three. Uh, but anyone who played three will have at least a tinge of disappointment once they get to the ending. But what I will what I will say is, uh, if you get the Citadel DLC, which all of the DLC. Um, is included in the, in the Legendary Edition, so you can play those if you never played them before. The Citadel DLC is like for the fans, basically. It's it's like one last hurrah, yeah, uh, for I, I for I you and everybody, that, actually, because it was free when yeah. it came out, right? 
I think so, just because it was like, oops, sorry about yeah, that ending. It was Here's like, the free oops, DLC. sorry about the ending. Here is kind of a fan service thing um, that brings all the characters back together. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we're so, worth checking out. Yeah. So, do, do, I, I can find the, the. Yeah. No, go ahead. I was going to say, I could find a good segue to bring this back to E3. Oh, okay. Well, Which, I was going to, I was going to, I was going to go down that indoctrination theory rabbit hole, but, uh, so maybe oh. it's better to, uh, go back to E3. Yeah. Maybe we should save that for, maybe we should do a Mass Effect show or, or something that we, we save for patrons who want to be spoiled. <laughs> yeah. Sometime. Right. Yeah. We'll, we'll save um, that for, for a spoiler. Cause the guy, that's true. We better not talk about it. Cause, um, yeah, I mean, it just came like out as spoilery. Yeah, it just came back out. Yeah, again, some so. people are, are are playing it for the first time. So I will say that that's a good segue to talk about another giant developer doing a spacefaring RPG, which is Bethesda. They are doing a game called Starfield. I don't know much about it, but it, I think it was literally described as Skyrim, but in space. I don't know if you if you got to see anything about this. I saw the trailer, but it doesn't really tell me much other than, other than it kind of tells me that they're still using the same tired old engine that they've been using, which kind of worries me. Uh, yeah. yeah, it looks better, right? And I know it's like the 2.0 version of that engine. But Is that Fallout, whatever they build, like Fallout 4 off yeah, of or 76? Right. Yep, yep. And so uh, Fallout 4... I don't know. It was it was our it was kind of showing its age a little bit then. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm still kind of wondering. I'm just wondering like where Fallout's five through seventy five went. I mean, where'd those go? They just this went from four to seventy six. Come on, hold on, hold on. Let me give you something there for that. Uh, That's embarrassing that you made that joke, but because uh, that's the joke everyone used to make about N sixty four. Because it was like, oh, (laughs) this is Mario sixty four. Where are the other ones? Here you go. Here you go. Oh man, might as well get might as well get as cheesy and corny as possible. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, I liked Fallout Four. Uh, I thought it was pretty good, and it, graphically it was it was nice. But it, the engine that uh, that the game was made in just seemed to be lagging behind. It's almost like they so they made Fallout Three, uh, and then they farmed out New Vegas and right to Obsidian. Yeah, and then they you know they did uh, it was I guess Skyrim was after Fallout Three, right? Because they bounced back and forth. Um, but then, so they kind of, it seemed like they almost created Fallout 4 in a vacuum. So then in the meantime, games like The Witcher 3 came out and, yeah, and shown Which what I finally played. I finally got to try it. Uh, it, it is really good. I've just yeah, uh, and not so spent much time with it. They kind of showed how you could do more with an open world and, and story in an open world and stuff. And when then Fallout 4 comes out, it's like, oh, uh, Fallout 4, the, when they were making it, they weren't paying attention to what other people in the industry were doing. They were just making another Fallout game almost in a vacuum or in a bubble, it seemed like. And the engine kind of showed its age to me, and like it just seemed way too much like Fallout 3. And I think they spent too much time with like the building mechanics of it, trying to make it kind of like a Minecraft too, you know what I mean? Yeah, I never... I never played four i just played three i always meant to go to new new vegas which people say this is the real fallout like i i loved fallout one and two um and i don't know i maybe i will go back but yeah i understand that where developers aren't really looking around 
for innovation. They're just kind of looking. They're uh, what, what's what's the term where they say where it's just like they're high on their own supply, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, let's uh, just go back to the well and just just do the same thing over again, but with shinier graphics. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, that's kind of what it, it's kind of what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah, and at the time, I mean, um, it was kind of like when when Grand Theft Auto made the jump to 3D. Like uh, Fallout 3 felt pretty revolutionary at the time, just because there wasn't, you know, yeah. Before that, there were these amazing 2D games, but it was the first time where you could really explore things um, in a 3D environment that felt semi-real at the time. Yeah. So it did feel like something really fresh and really new. Oh, yeah. It gave you gameplay experiences that a lot of people hadn't experienced before. Yeah, without a doubt. I'm not, there's no denying that it was revolutionary. I just feel like they kind of rested on their laurels they a, little a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So it the fact- wasn't like the, I was going to say, it wasn't like the jump. If you look at the jump between Elder Scrolls games, uh, and my wife is looking at me like I'm the biggest nerd in the world right now. It's because you um, are. Maybe. Because maybe I am. She doesn't know. She's like, she, knows, she knows, like, how, she knows I'm a big nerd, but she doesn't realize how much of a nerd I really am. <laughs> She's making this face. It's great. She's like, ha, 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 look at me. I don't know, no, 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 no. I know everything. I don't know, no. Uh, I mean, that's how I picture you. <laughs> that's what I, I mean, your video's not working, but that's how I see you, right? too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, you're right though about the, like, I don't know. I was thinking about the jump between the Elder Scrolls games where it felt huge each time, right? Where you'd go from mm-hmm. like Morrowind to Oblivion to, uh, to Skyrim. Yeah. I'm like Skyrim. That's it. <laughs> Big changes each time. Yeah. They definitely, they all felt like big innovations and i feel like the jump from fallout 3 to fallout 4 just didn't feel like that and i don't know uh so i guess i'm a little bit i'm just a little bit concerned that it the the game world of starfield kind of looks very fallout like as far as the gameplay engine just because they said it's in engine right even though it's a cutscene yeah. sort of a thing they said it's in engine and it just looks so much like the game engine from fallout 4 was just a little bit, a little bit prettier, and so I don't know. It's just getting a little yeah. bit worried. I kind of feel like um, Cyberpunk has set the bar for like what graphics should look like when they're at peak performance. <laughs> but it's it's obvious to see like what what it can look like when it's not peak performance. Um, but I, I think in terms of just like world design, that's what initially drew people into that game. So I'm wondering if they can go in that direction and just give you just really interesting set pieces is what I'm hoping for. Yeah. And to call back to a earlier topic, Starfield is going to have a lot to live up to, uh, Ooh, in turn, yeah. to, to, get, to compete with the Outer Worlds because the Outer Worlds is... It's what Star. I imagine Starfield wants to be in a way. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's Starfield, but it, since it's Bethesda, Bethesda, Bethesda doesn't have as good of writing. Unless they got new writers, they've never had as good of writers as Obsidian. Um, at least in most of their games, like I don't, know, I, I don't know. I just know, like if you if you go back a ways, um, you go to like I've heard if you compare Fallout Three to New Vegas. 
New Vegas just had better writing in general. It did, it, but it also, it, it kind of was, it was just different. It felt different in, in a lot of yeah. like innovative ways. And it kind of, the Outer Worlds kind of does that too, but the writing, I agree, the writing, especially when it comes to like um, tongue-in-cheek comedy type writing, uh, Obsidian, yeah. Obsidian has that nailed. Uh, they almost feel oh. like, they feel a little bit like, um, who was that old Microsoft Studio? Was it Lionhead or Lionheart? The ones that did um, Fable, they kind of, oh, kind yeah. of the, yeah, the writing. Kind of a, there's a lightness. Yeah, the Obsidian writing kind of feels a little bit like that. And uh, yeah, I, there's kind of a kind of a unique uh, sense of humor. Just like just because everything is dark um, <laughs> doesn't mean that you know the game has to be serious all the time. Exactly. Yeah. So, which which does go back to the original spirit of Fallout. Like, if you ever play the first two Fallout games, they are very darkly humorous, um, yes. and there is a lot of comedic elements to it. Even though it's kind of grim, dark, also, it's just like, oh, uh, there's some really horrible things that could happen in this game. Yeah, Fallout Three had a little bit of twinge, twinge of comedy in it, you know. And, and Fallout, yeah. 4, 4, Fallout 4 does too, but okay, here's one of my biggest cries of Fallout 4, okay? And it is the, okay. it is part of the story. Of course, the gameplay, I, I do gripe about it a little bit, but it's pretty good. I mean, it, it's it's fun. One of the biggest gripes I have with the story is the story is so serious, at least to me. You wake up from, you know, your cryogenic sleep or whatever, yeah. and, um, you know, your spoilers, it happens at the very beginning of the game, but your spouse is, like, murdered and your baby child is, like, taken away and kidnapped. And so you wake up and you're trying to go find this kid, right? Yeah. So that's pretty dire and serious. And to me, that doesn't mean that doesn't really make me feel like I should be wandering around the world, building encampments and, and doing all this other stuff. When it, when there's a game problem, to be honest, where it's just like, here's this serious overarching quest line or something that you should care about. But here's a million little widgets and things <laughs> that can occupy your time because it's what the game really wants to do. Right. Um, but, but the, so uh, some games handle it well, like the Outer Worlds. And just to throw it to Obsidian again, the Outer Worlds does it well. Um, yeah. You know, New Vegas did it well because there's not this huge, like, super serious storyline that has to be taken care of uh, that, what feels like immediately, right? There's right. there's an overarching story, but it doesn't feel like it absolutely has to be done, and it's it's dire that it'd be done now, you know. Yeah, I think the first Fallout was like, oh, you have 45 days to find this water chip, or all of your people are gonna die. <laughs> it's like great. <laughs> so there was a timer in the first game, but in the, in the second one, they just removed it. It was more more open but yeah and then fallout, fallout 3 you're looking for your dad but it, it doesn't seem you know looking for your dad doesn't seem as dire yeah. as looking for a baby you know, right right because you know your dad i think he's pretty capable a baby you know you've got a two-year-old can your baby pay the bills and uh order a big mac no you know no but he's he's gotten pretty close to calling 911 on my phone a few times so yeah i don't think that was on purpose no. <laughs> Anyways, uh, what about um, any other big announcements? What, how do you feel? Oh, yeah, Metroid. Metroid. Yeah, well, let's, let's let's save Nintendo. Okay, so I think we're getting to yeah, the point where Nintendo we can for near the end. 
Yeah, we'll say we Nintendo. can say we've got Sony's thing. I think we've got Microsoft's thing. Um, I, I know. You know, I think SquareSoft had a thing. Yeah. Well, Sony wasn't there. I don't think. No, it wasn't Sony, but there were games announced for for yeah. Sony platforms. Like there was that Final Fantasy Origins game, which looked cool. It looked like a mix of like. You know, here's a Neo or Dark Souls type deal mixed with Final Fantasy um, and some serious dude bro vibes. I don't know how I feel about that, but the game looks pretty cool. So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, how do you feel? How do you feel overall about like the Microsoft buying up studios thing? Um, I think it's retaliation uh, for, for Sony kind of winning the last console war. Um, with the PS4, they're trying to get as much talent as they can because I think the PS4 just had more exclusives than the Xbox One did, and it really hurt them because more people were playing PS4 just because hey, there's more, there's more things like you know Last of Us Two and uh, you know God of War, uh, yeah. these things that could you could only play on a Sony console. Uh, I mean, Bloodborne at one point. Um, so, yeah, it makes total sense. If they can buy these AAA studios that are cranking out hits and things that people love, um, like, I totally get that strategy. Yeah. I, I don't, as a consumer, I don't like it <laughs> necessarily. Uh, because, hey, may, maybe I want to be able to play another Outer Worlds game on a different system. I, I don't own... I haven't owned a Microsoft console in quite a long time since the 360, to be honest. So, um, I don't know. I know, I know I, you know, have friends of course that have one of the newer ones, the series is it the series X or series S. I can't remember it now. Well, they're both, uh, in existence. One's the cheaper version. Yeah. So I've got. Uh, let me. I'll tell you how I feel about it. I, I think uh, one. One. I think the Bethesda acquisition. I think makes a lot of sense because a lot of Bethesda games have been somewhat exclusive to Xbox, anyways. Like think about like when Fallout Three first came out and when Skyrim first came out, uh, and uh, what was it? Uh, Oblivion and all. A lot of these games are not necessarily exclusive, but they were. They ran way better on Xbox systems and like they. They just felt felt like they fit on Xbox. So they, yeah. so I think it kind of makes sense that they would acquire them. But here's my here's my big bold prediction. Okay. Okay. I predict X, Xbox and Microsoft is going pushing so hard on this Game Pass, and now they're starting to right. get exclusives. I predict bold prediction. I think Game Pass in a limited capacity will appear on Switch and PlayStation. I think it'll be kind of like an EA access thing where, where like Game Pass won't have you say you subscribe to Game Pass and you get all these games that are not Microsoft exclusive, right? On Xbox. So it you could be the, through the cloud, like cloud based gaming. Yeah, potentially. Uh, they're moving. To, yeah, they're moving to that. But I'm also talking about maybe downloadable. I, but I'm thinking hmm. it's going to be like I'm thinking like on Switch and PlayStation, it's not going to have anything but microsoft exclusives so you can when you subscribe to game pass on xbox you can play a ton of different games right 
But if you're yeah. on Switch, if you're on Switch, it's probably gonna be cloud based and it's gonna be the exclusives. And then on PlayStation, maybe it's downloadable, maybe it's cloud based, but that's how you're gonna get access to these Bethesda games is through Game Pass mm. on PlayStation. I don't know how long in the future this is, but I, it just feels like it's going to happen. Yeah. Whew. That is... Wow, that's an interesting future. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, was like, I don't know if I like that, because you know what? Cloud gaming is great when it works, but I've just had so many experiences where it's almost there, um, and it works okay for games that don't need precise input, but as soon as I have precise input... It uh, takes the yeah. nosedive. Uh, yeah, I agree. XCloud seems to work fairly well. Works better than most, I feel like, um, from what I've experienced. But it's still not there. I agree. I, I'm hoping, should my prediction be true, I'm hoping that it'll be downloadable onto the PlayStation console, but I don't know. The games okay. the games may be down, downloadable. Like If you look at um, like the way EA Access works, you get the, it's the same it's like game pass but for EA games which uh it's rolled into Game Pass on Xbox but on PlayStation I think you can subscribe to EA Access and get the EA all the EA games uh oh, in, in a similar way but I think you download them and then play them once they're downloaded I don't know I, I don't I don't play my PlayStation all that much um cuz it sounds like it's going to the helicopter taking off whenever I turn it on <laughs> and, I, and I'm afraid it's going to burn the house down because it's like the original PlayStation 4. But uh, I don't know. I don't it's know. I loud. Just, I get that. It, fe- it just, to me, it feels like Xbox is pushing Game Pass so hard and they don't seem to care whether or not you own an Xbox, which is weird. So yeah. I don't know. It just seems to me like they're going to they're gonna push it. And I, I don't know. Sony, at some point, they're going to push against it, I'm sure. But at some point, what do they care if it's, only Xbox exclusive games that otherwise their people are not going to get to play, right? That would prevent people from potentially buying a PlayStation unless they had the opportunity to play them through like Game Pass or something. Like, because the Microsoft Studios can prevent their games from being sold on the PlayStation Store because they, you know, they own yeah. all the rights to them. They can say, "Well, we're just not going to put them on the store, but we'll put Minecraft Game Pass on you. the store." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's how you get Minecraft on the PS5. You got to use Game Pass. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I mean, sorry. I it, is it uh, bad? Yeah. For, is it bad for consumers? I don't know. Maybe not. I mean, it, it, I will I mean, say, an all digital future is bad for consumers. I know that is because I mean, we've already heard talks of um, you know games being delisted and whole storefronts that have disappeared over time. So I think if that's the future, I don't want to live in that future. Um, no. Like I get it, but I, I like the ability to play games indefinitely. I hate to break it to you, but I think that future is inevitable. I think it's already here. Yeah, it's already here. I mean, there are already exclusives for consoles that you can no longer play legally. Uh, looking at you, Contra Rebirth and Castlevania Rebirth and Gradius Rebirth. Like, those were WiiWare exclusives that you can no longer play um, because Konami has not re-released them in any collection. So that does happen. If that's the part of the future, then I just don't like it. I like uh, I like physical releases, even though I don't buy a ton of them. I like the idea that at least a game will be out there somehow. <laughs> Yeah, it'll still be playable. I mean, I get it. I, I feel like you. games are becoming more ephemeral 
they're becoming more uh, transient experiences, games as services, things that, uh, you know, it's cheaper for the manufacturer. It's cheaper, you know, it's lower, lower costs, right? Because it's just a piece of software that lives on a server or something like that. So I, I get it, but yeah, I don't have I to mean, like it. I'm with you. Uh I don't know. I like Game Pass, though, personally. And I think... Yeah, uh, no, I like Game Pass and, and PSN Plus and stuff like that, or PS, uh, PS Now. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I do like, I do, I do like th- those things. And I do think that uh, Microsoft has, has to, uh, in their defense, has done a pretty commendable effort of making sure the games are... Uh, even old games are available and not just disappearing off the face of the earth. I mean, they're like revitalizing the old regular Xbox games and Xbox 360 games and even making them run better than they used to, you know? Yeah. And yeah. Are, no, are, I, are you playing I like, a video uh, game over there? Hold up. I'm hearing no. noises. It's, it's my, my insulin pump. It's saying calibration oh, uh, required. Okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. No, okay. I'm not worried. Um, okay. No, I, I, I know what you're saying. Like the, I wish every game was backwards compatible. Um, there are some games that are still not backwards compatible for the, but for the most part, I think Microsoft is pretty much the only one who is really dedicated to that. Um, you know, that ability, like pop in a original Xbox game for the most part, and you can play it on a new Xbox console. That's, that's kind of revolutionary. All right. Well, let's continue this conversation on, on the other side. Okay. In Patreon. So, Yes. Uh, dear dear listener, if you're listening to this episode and you want to hear more E3 talk and a Mortal Kombat movie spoiler cast that our friend Nick is going to miss on, uh, miss out on, and I'm sure he's really sad and disappointed about that, but he's not going to make it. I just we just got the message come through a little bit ago. Uh, but anyways, if you want to hear all that, uh, all you got to do is subscribe to us on Patreon. Uh, that is patreon.com slash bitbros. Bit Bros, is that right? Or is it Bit Brothers? I thought it was Bit Bros. It is Bit Bros. You are correct. Yes. Patreon.com slash Bit Bros. Just a dollar a month will get you um, an episode about once or twice a year, apparently. So, But you also get all the, you also have the opportunity to, to I think at $4 a month, you can get all of our shows early and ad free, the two Disney's and the Genesis Gems, which those happen much more frequently. So. Anyways, patreon.com slash bitbros if you want if you want to hear the rest of this episode. And we'll see you over there, hopefully. <laughs>